sure I agree with you 100% on your police work there, Lou. Hello and welcome to this episode of Game On Girl, where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. In this episode, we'll chat about some geeky news stories. And we'll talk to you about what we've been watching, reading, and playing. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. This week, we decided to take a look at some geeky news headlines and chat about them. I'm sure a few have passed through your reader or your Twitter feed, and some will be news stories for you. So what have we got to start with, Rhonda? Well, I spend a lot of time on uh, just a handful of news sites, and a few things have come across lately. And one, I have a feeling all of our listeners have seen this because it's not the first time it's come up, but Goldie Blocks. This is a toy company that... uh, makes toys particularly for girls and targeting girls and they've had some of their um, videos online already get a lot of attention mm-hmm. I think there was a Beastie Boys uh, piece that uh, got a whole lot of attention in in the courts <laughs> yeah unfortunately they, they didn't uh, get the rights to uh, to rewrite girls yeah. the Beastie Boys song <laughs> girls but uh, there was an article on Wire just talking about how the uh, the employees at Goldie Box are constantly talking about how to disrupt the pink aisle in the toy store, and I just love the idea of it. I, I was glad that um, it it, I, it was brought to my attention, mm-hmm. and I just I. I just love their attitude about it. The uh, The main video was about the Goldie Blocks, and these are um, engineering to- toys geared toward girls right. in hopes of, um, of uh, it generating some, some interest in women into going into engineering. Right. Yeah, one of the in that video, it shares some statistics that engineering jobs are some of the it's the largest growing industry right now, and only thirteen percent of engineers are women. Yeah, um, and talking about how girls lose their interest in science and math before what? middle school, right? Yeah, it's like about age seven. Yeah, because they're 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 discouraged to sort of overtly and covertly discouraged away from science and math, and um, the. Part of the story and part of what the the VP of sales and marketing, Lindsay Shepard, I think was talking about what it was like to pitch pitch to, you know, mm-hmm. to toy companies, engineering games for girls. And they, you know, they would all say, well, girls don't want them. And here we're seeing great success sort of coming forward with Goldie Blocks and yeah. the reception that it's gotten. And it really does go to kind of break down that stereotype that girls aren't interested in these types of toys and they aren't interested in these, you know, types of games or would want to play this way. And, you know, it's a really great innovative and creative way of playing. Oh, yeah. You know, and I think I think it's great. I'm really glad that that they are disrupting that toy aisle, that pink toy aisle. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it, it's funny because uh, l- later toward the end of the uh... – of the, I think it was that one that I was looking at, that people were complaining about the colors mm-hmm. of the toys, and you know, it, I think you need to look at it this way. When I had to buy a new controller for my PS3, mm-hmm. I bought a pink one mm-hmm. because I know when the guys come over, they will not play with it. Right. <laughs> 
and you know that it will always be yours. <laughs> it will always be mine. So if the girls' toys, if their if their engineering toys happen to be pink and purple, fine. I don't yeah. think the boys will play with them. That's that's exactly. good. Exactly. <laughs> I, I did the same thing. For I had a friend who had a you know a son and a daughter, and I knew that the son had more like building block toys. So I went out and I bought her a set of you know girl colored blocks because I knew that she would be more likely to play with them. Yeah. And it, it's it's kind of sad and it kind of pisses me off. But at the same time, I'm still going to support her playing with the blocks. Yeah. Instead of, you know, not. If those are the choices, you know, definitely have the colors. And, you know, you know how we feel about purple. Yeah. And I, I mean, the, the the toy company at the same time said, you know, it's not as much about the color as the message that you attach to it. Exactly. That's really what's important. And these are, you know, here, you can be creative too. come up with something new and build mm-hmm. something. And I love I love games. I love toys that build things, which I'm sure Mike will find it ironic because I have a really hard time playing games like that. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> Notably, I was not interested very much in a game that he loves called Terraria, which is kind of an open world um, building. It's kind of virtual Legos is what he calls it. He wrote a piece about it on the site. And um, he just absolutely loves that game. And so do many of our friends. And I just never got into it. Like, I'm like, OK, what am I supposed to do now? I don't understand how to play this game. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I know I wish I'd have had these toys as a kid. Absolutely. Um, there's there are a lot of times where um, I just don't feel like that my um, career paths. I did. I didn't feel like I had a whole lot of choices. Mm-hmm. I, I just didn't know what existed. Yeah. And later in life, um, besides my affinity for graph paper, pencils, and rulers, I thought I could have been an engineer. Mm-hmm. I was like, man, I didn't know you could do that for a living. Yeah, I had a my um, sixth grade science uh, program was an experimental program out of uh, Stanford University, and it was all about making science into engineering, essentially, um, and into uh, applied science rather than you know theoretical or learning. You know, um, and I excelled in that in that program, like my teacher just couldn't believe exactly how, how well I had blossomed because I, I hadn't always done well with uh, sort of traditional schooling, at least up until that point. Um, I wasn't a bad student, but I wasn't really good at following directions, <laughs> um, which is still a problem that I have. <laughs> so what, what was, what's the problem with following directions? You've got your own ideas? Or- yeah. Oh, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I always, ha- I always had my own ideas and my own ways about, you know, wanting to do things and would – it would do that a lot of the time. And uh, my mom was very good at encouraging me to be a free thinker. And that doesn't always work well when you're in, um, you're in uh, a school setting and you're supposed to be doing certain things. And, uh, you know, you're supposed to be following that line and coloring within lines. And I've just never been a color within the lines person. So when we had the sixth grade in sixth grade, when we had the science thing and you were you were given an objective and then you had to figure out how to get there and you were given the tools. And each each week it was a different you know part of science, like one week was magnets and one week was was literally we had to build buildings out of um, straws with tape. Oh, yeah. And then our teacher um, would shake the table because whoever had built a building that withstood an earthquake um, would get a special prize. And so she would shake the table as if it was an earthquake. 
and and you had to build the tallest, you know, out of straws and tape. And we all, you know, there were six groups every week and they'd switch the students around. We all built tall, skinny buildings until the last group built a pyramid. <laughs> and theirs was the only one that didn't fall down. Oh, funny. But it was things like that. So once it, when I, I was very interested in that and I, you know, I loved it. And it was, it just took, you know, it took the science that we had been kind of learning and talking about and made mm-hmm. it practical, you know. So. Yeah. Exactly. That's what Goldie Blocks is doing, I think. Yay, Goldie Blocks. Yay, Goldie Blocks. <laughs> we'd love well, to hear from anybody if anybody has them and is playing with them with their kids. We'd love to hear your stories about oh, that. Oh yeah, yeah, and send us pictures of their um, of their creations. Their creations, absolutely. We'll yeah, that would throw be those awesome. up on the website. Um, so what about our next story, Regine? Our next story is one that is near and dear to both our hearts, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. um, and I'm sure that a, a large number of people who listen to the listen to the show know about this one. So there's going to be a tabletop season three. Oh yeah! Yay! And it got crowdfunded. <laughs> yep. And it only took four days to get half a million dollars for season That's three. That's it. <laughs> Can you believe it? They've got 30 days. They are still running on their campaign. And they're yeah. already, you know, well past their goal at this point. I think I checked it right before the show and they were at like um, 544,000, I think. Uh, I just brought it up. It's 536. 536. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. But again, you know, it's it's probably changing as we speak. Yeah. I, I wanted to bring it up on the show and then try to place bets with you about <laughs> how high it was going to go. But I have no doubt it's going to hit the million mark. oh i yeah easily I, I i wouldn't be surprised if it goes over a million yeah yeah i mean to to get that much in in four days and i'm not surprised i mean i'm not no. even remotely surprised they're they're producing a great show they're doing good product you know they're yeah. doing it in a way that's engaging and 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 it's clear that geeks have enough money <laughs> yeah but it's a, it's a show by geeks for geeks exactly. and the even if you just look at the mission statements and the the, the ideas mm-hmm. that Will Wheaton and Felicia Day have behind it, yeah. that's part of the reason why it sells. That's what yeah. we've talked about before on here about um, video games. If you if you listen to your your gamers, mm-hmm. they'll tell you what they want yeah. and they'll buy it. Yeah, exactly. And they will and they will source it. They will you yeah. know they will go out there and they'll they'll put this. I put I put money up. I got I got my money in. And uh, I put enough to get some really cool stuff. <laughs> yeah, I haven't put mine in yet. So it, it's it's definitely going to go up before we get off the show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so I, 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 love that they, I love that they announced it on um, International Tabletop Day as well. Oh, yeah. I thought that was really, really well done because I, I arrived at the game store and my friend Eric asked me, you know, if I had been tweeting pictures yet. And I had taken a few and I hadn't gotten them up yet. And I went on Twitter and it was one of the first things I saw. And I'm like, oh, hey, <laughs> they're crowdfunding season three. That's fantastic. So we know we're going to have season three. Yep. <laughs> you just knew it before the day was over. Yep. Yeah. I had no I had no doubt, you know, that that, that was going to be how that was going to go. And he said that in an article. Is it in this article? Because I've read several in the Wired article. Mm hmm. Yeah, that he's like, you know, I've been going around the country and through parts of Canada for the last year and a half. And everywhere I go, thousands of people wanted to know what's going on with Tabletop and if there was going to be season three. And before I could even finish saying, people were like, shut up and take my money. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, we, we uh, I don't think we have to encourage 
anybody to go to um wh- and where are they crowdfunding that where is that it's at? indiegogo is the site yeah. but if you go to um i love tabletop.com yes it that's redirects right. to it so i love tabletop.com so if you haven't gone go yeah and if, if anything you know to um uh, cast a vote that we, you know we like the 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 way that geeks do business yes you know? exactly exactly geeks for geeks man <laughs> so what do we got next well th- this is one that i got bug in my bonnet about yesterday <laughs> i love when this happens yeah and i i, I thought maybe you might be pleased i have no idea i really don't care but it it Fargo was an amazing film. Yes. Uh, an amazing groundbreaking film by the Coen brothers um, from top to bottom. Uh, we're talking cast, writing, um, the, the acting, the filming. It was just a phenomenal um, piece of art. Uh, a, basically a dark comedy, but that doesn't even begin to, to catch it. Well, FX... I don't know the logistics, which might be important, but FX is doing a TV series of mm-hmm. Fargo. And I'm not quite sure how the story is going to go. I'm not quite sure how heated the characters are going to be. I know the Coen brothers are only minutely involved. I mm-hmm. think that they were involved in in, in possibly uh, helping writing on three of the episodes. And I mm-hmm. believe there, there's at least 10 that they're working on. But mm-hmm. if you go look at the trailer... Um, to me, this is a trailer showcasing, look at all the great male actors we have. Mm-hmm. We've got Billy Bob Thornton right. and where's my list over here? Um, of course the Sherlock guy, um, Martin Freeman, Martin Freeman. Mm-hmm. It, it doesn't matter where he shows up. You know, it's, everybody's excited. Mm-hmm. Colin Hanks, mm-hmm. uh, Keith Carradine, people remember him from Dexter, Adam Goldberg. I mean, and it just goes on and on. And the, <laughs> I get done with a trailer and I'm like, well, well, wait a minute. What, what role is Billy Bob Thornton playing? Because his face keeps popping up in this trailer. Mm-hmm. And I, where's Marge? Right. Cause she was the lead. <laughs> She's the leading actress in the mm-hmm. show. And I mean, it's kind of what I was saying on Tumblr. It's like, this is an extremely well-balanced story. Right. If you pull any of these people out, the story falls apart. Right. But you can't pull Marge out either. Right. Right. So the actress, and it, nothing against her, the actress who's playing the female sheriff role, mm-hmm. I don't think that they're doing the exact same characters. She is playing uh, Molly Salverson. Oh, Okay. Policewoman Molly Salverson, and her name is Allison Tolman. She is definitely a newcomer to um, TV and film, brand new actress. But it, I don't know how long it goes or how many words that she has in this trailer, but, but she looks like an extra. Mm. She doesn't look like mm. a main player. There are times where she's shown from her back. She's shown from a distance and all fuzzy. And the main speaking roles for about a third of the trailer are all men. And so I'm like, okay, what have they done with this character? Right. Like what happened? Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter whether she's a newcomer or not. Right. If, if she if she can do the role, that's fantastic. But I just I just thought it was just so bizarre that this powerful, fascinating woman did not play a big role in the 
in the trailer. Yeah, it's, it's almost as if the focus is on something, and it could be that the focus is on something completely different, a different story. And I'm not excusing it because I think that it's kind of, it's disrespectful to the original. And like you said, what what made the original brilliant was mm-hmm. that character. I mean, that's what you remember about that movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what I that's what I wrote on my Tumblr. I was like, okay, when you say Fargo, what stands out? Mm-hmm. Um, the dialect, right? The wood chipper, the wood chipper, yeah. and March and March. Yeah. yeah, I mean, if you name characters, those are the characters you're going to end up naming, right? Marge. and it's oh, it's so beautifully done because the one of the the startling things to me the first time that i see her on the screen is that she's she is great with child yes <laughs> well that <laughs> that was the thing <laughs> and she's wearing a police uniform yeah and very little is discussed about her being pregnant her being a woman she's a police officer it's just it's just it just natural it's just, thing it's just, it's just what it there. is yeah yeah and to me, it's so, so brilliant the way that that is there in the story mm-hmm. without being the story. Right, exactly. It's just a component of it. Yeah. But it, 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 it's something that you're constantly aware of because you're yeah. thinking, wow, look at, what she, look at what she's doing. Yeah. I don't know. It was, but the, 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 the trailer left me a little sour because, I mean, it was, it was these wonderful amazing close-ups and 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 long long lines being spoken by these other great male actors that mm-hmm. that are wonderful and i'm just like okay all right let's see if this is just the trailer i'm right. i'm waiting it is it's just the trailer but. yeah it's it's interesting because um i just clicked on imdb i click through to look at the photos that they have Mm-hmm. for the series and there's 24 photos up and then you can yep. sort them by the people in the photos yep so billy bob thornton has the most pictures he has yep. he's in five pictures martin freeman is in three and allison tolman is in three so 24 pictures are lead characters in three pictures yes and you know that she's a lead because at the very end of the trailer that mm-hmm. it lists three actors and she's the second one listed mm-hmm yeah, but you wouldn't know that by looking at the trailer. Yeah, it's interesting. So, do we know when it's coming out? When it's going to air? Um, yeah, this month. This month. April. Okay, good. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll have to we'll have to circle back around to this and and watch yeah. it and then come back and talk about it again and see how it turns out. Yeah, April thirteenth. April thirteenth. Uh, Ten p.m. on FX. FX. All right. Yeah. yeah prove me wrong, guys. I yeah. love it. I love it. <laughs> let's hope it's just bad editing we know that there are bad trailers there are bad trailers there are bad trailers there are bad trailers yeah well Well, our next one our next one is a documentary um called the green girl which is about star trek's iconic green girl the green martian um susan oliver and she was a prolific actress in the 1950s through the 1980s and uh, had a pretty dynamic and interesting career and life. And, yeah. uh, and they were going to have this documentary about her and talking about her life because a lot of people, I guess, don't really know who she is now. She kind of no longer a household name. I, I didn't know her name. I knew who the green girl was from Star Trek. Right. Well, I- and when... Um- when I clicked through to her page to look, I was like, oh, yeah, I know who she is. She's mm-hmm. she's everywhere. Right. But then when you watch the trailer and you start reading about her, you're like, she did what? Oh, yeah. my gosh. Look at all this stuff that she did. Yep. And she was a very strong 
female uh, force in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. She pushed a lot of boundaries and um, apparently didn't make as much headway. I mean, she's one of the first that was that was definitely trying to get things changed in Hollywood. And mm-hmm. I think ser- several women behind should be thanking her. I'm glad the movie was made. Yeah, I, I think it'll be really interesting to look at, you know, her life. And it's interesting because you, you take some characters for granted or some actresses for mm-hmm. granted. You don't really think about the impact sometimes that specific actresses can have, especially when their roles are such like, you know, in the episode, uh, what, what did we decide it's called? Menagerie? The Menagerie. The Menagerie. Um, you know, she's not just the green girl. She's, she plays many different um sort of many different roles in that and the the orion slave girl is is one of the roles that she plays we Um, did say this is star trek right star trek yeah 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 star trek sorry i didn't (laughs) star trek (laughs) it really is my accent i know i just love it i know it drives you people crazy come on Uh, i know some of the listeners who love it so and i love it Okay. I think it's awesome, but trick. <laughs> well, everybody heard me trying to do my Minnesota accent. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's a show of accents this week. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so you know, it, she's not just the green girl even in that episode. She, there's many different um, sort of hats that she takes on and roles that she plays as well. Uh, so I, I think it, it, it's great to see actresses like this acknowledged for the contributions that they make and like you said the kind of impact that they have that have made it so other actresses now can do the kinds of things that they do the first one that's coming to mind is uh, lena dunham who's doing you know girls yeah Um, it is trailblazers like um susan oliver who have made those kinds of contributions possible exactly so yeah so what's next um, I, another article I found on Wired that caught my attention. I always, uh, um, always catches my eye anytime um, gender is mentioned in a headline. And mm-hmm. this one I actually didn't take very seriously. I just bookmarked it and came back to it later. And I'm really glad I did. Um, the headline's Nintendo's new key to creativity, more women. Mm-mm. And I'm like, okay, yeah, right. Okay. Um, you know, I'm so glad that everybody's waking up to this. Right. But... <laughs> The um, the article was extremely well written and really well researched. Um, they were talking specifically about the success of the Nintendo game Animal Crossing: New Leaf, mm-hmm. and they were interviewing the um, developers and CEO of Nintendo involved with the game about why right. why the success of this of this particular game. And if you really want to hear me butcher some names, you can get me to say these, um, <laughs> these, they're Japanese names, right? Yes. Japanese. Yeah. yeah. Um, just to remember their phonetic because it's not, this is not their alphabet. So Iguchi mm-hmm. and Kyogoku, Kyogoku, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Uh, pretty close. Um, <laughs> it's probably better than closer than Trek. <laughs> <laughs> But the cool thing about the article is the they made it a goal to have a 50-50 divide on the developers involved with making this game. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting are the results that came out of it and the, the fact that they noticed the results that came right. out of it. Right. Within the first three weeks of sales of the game, um, the largest group 
buying the game were women between 19 and 24. Mm-hmm. They said they had never experienced anything like that before. Mm-hmm. Well, then during the same period, they noticed statistics that 69% of the 3DS units that they were selling are usually sold by men. But when uh, those who purchased an- uh, Animal Crossing and New Leaf, yeah, I did. yeah, when they when they purchased the game and the new hardware. So if they didn't have a DS yes. already and they were buying the software along with it. It was 50%, 56% women. Right. Right. So they took notice of all of this. Mm-hmm. And to me, I just, I wrote this note down. It said, it's evidence that um, dedicated gaming hardware isn't just for men. Right. Um, which is a question they brought up in the article. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Because they talk about how um, the Entertainment uh, Association of America or whoever it is that comes up with the statistics of how many gamers there are, you know, had said, have, you know, announced 45% of gamers are women, which is not, you know, news to those of us who are gamers and women and happen to be women. (laughs) But one of the things in that study is that a lot of women gamers, a lot of the women gamers they count in that are women who play uh, social games on either Facebook or smartphones. Right. Um, and so that generally has left companies like Nintendo thinking, well, they're not our market then because you have to buy a Nintendo, you know, hardware right. to play Nintendo games. And this obviously cha- completely changed that, their perception of it, which is great. Yeah, I mean... Th- it's the game. If you can make the yes. game yep. that the uh, gamer wants to play, they'll mm-hmm. buy the system. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, look at me. I bought the game Mist, and I didn't have the system to play. It. I know. I love that story. <laughs> you the bought game a game before sold me. You, you, yeah. you, you knew you were going to play it. At some point, you would have the ability to be able to play it. So yeah. you had to have the game even though you couldn't play it yet. Yeah. Make the game. Yeah. And th- th- later in the article, I, I had to actually go back and reread it again. But apparently they were at a uh, conference with game developers and they were thrilled to hear that the industry is opening up about diversity mm-hmm. and that not only that, but the game developers were hungry for it. Right. And to me, that made me go back and think again, this thing we constantly hear on the show that well women just aren't interested they don't mm-hmm. want to they don't like the games they right. won't buy them yeah it's like okay that's marketing talking right exactly to me that's evidence that it's the marketer saying this not the developers and certainly not the customers yeah you know marketing's got their head in the sand i've always they, they, they all they yeah. do is look at the statistics well and they, you, you know that's that was what i said when uh when uh the new laura croft came out and one of the pr marketing guys was like oh well you know you want to protect Lara Croft. And it's like, no, you yeah. don't. <laughs> Nobody wants to protect Lara Croft. You want to be Lara Croft. Yes. <laughs> you know, you want to be able to be the person who goes out and does all the ass kicking, not, you know, protect her from something. So that's that was one of the moments that I, I will probably always be a touchstone for me about exactly how out of touch um, marketing people can be with, yeah. you know, the game and, and how it's perceived and how it's how it's a... Uh, received by the people who are playing it because i couldn't you couldn't say anything i thought that was further from the truth what Uh, that that people wanted to protect Lara croft oh oh yeah that that was the reason why people played the game i mean that's just completely out of touch yeah that's yeah exactly what you said (laughs) 
exactly what you said. Yeah, I like that. I like when you agree with me like that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you you always can get me on the bandwagon with marketing. This is true. true. I I love marketing. I love the industry and the science of marketing. I do a lot of graphic design and everything, but um, the marketing mentality. Yeah. That ideology. Yeah. It can be very ugly. Yeah. Yeah, It's just difficult. Yeah. 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 So, well, we've got one last story. What have you got? Well, I, I have to admit this, this was one of my favorites that we came across for the show (laughs) because it's just so, (laughs) it's so completely random and so awesome. Uh, it was a post on uh, the Mary Sue uh, shared uh, genderremixer.com, uh, which allows you the opportunity to uh, to take the audio from a boy's commercial and the video from a girl's commercial, girl to- for toys. These are ads for toys, and swap them so you you can hear the the dialogue for the boys' commercial over the visual for the girls, or vice versa. All right. And it is just the most disconcerting experience ever. Yeah, it was. It, it really bothered me the um, dialogue, and I wish I had written the words down because I, I had no idea that it had become so dumbed down. I yeah. had no idea that it was. I mean, there was one commercial about um, Barbie loves glitter. Yeah, Barbie the, loves the glitter doll. Glitter, yeah, the glitter blow dryer. Yeah, and it was just Ugh. glitter. Barbie loves glitter. You love glitter. Glitter, glitter. Yeah. And there's some glitter. And I was like, you're kidding me. Nope. No, that was really serious. I know. That was one of the ones that I clicked on and I was like, oh, okay. This is was, disturbing. I, I was so mad. Yeah. So did you have any particular matchups that you... Uh, uh, that you mashed up on there on the uh, mixer? Uh, yeah, I did. I'm trying to think of which one it was that I like so much. I did one of the guns with the little pony babies. <laughs> yeah. And that was just atrocious. I mean, it was awful because it's like it's little pony baby pictures and pow, pow, shoot him up, kill him, get him. You know, action, you know, boys, you know, yeah. you know, uh, over uh, dub and, and, <laughs> and the visuals of the little baby. And then I played the, then I did the reverse of the same two. <laughs> yeah. Got to see, you need to swap them. It's a, it's a really great, um, number one, it's a really great disp- display of um, HTML5 work. Yeah. You know, developers out there, it's a, it's a yeah. beautiful display of that. Um, and it's just a fun little toy to, to work with but Mm -hmm. it really it really does just kind of throw you for a loop because you you don't realize the way the marketing is so like sneaky you know you see the commercials for boys Mm -hmm. toys or for girls toys and the dialogue goes with the you know the cuteness or or the the action or whatever it is of the you know two that you're looking at but when you remove it from that and you're listening to the dialogue and it's not matching the pictures, you pay more attention to the dialogue and you pay more attention yeah. to the words that are said and more attention to the images. It's really, It was a really interesting phenomenon to kind of go through that and see that, that switch and, and to kind of take your brain and, and turn it to, you know, to a different direction than it's used to going. Yeah. And that, I think, it, I think for me, it's more powerful than the, the gender flip imaging that we've yeah, I know. I was wondering, I was going to actually ask you about that and how you felt about that, because I know we've we've conflicted in the past where I've, I feel like that's a more powerful tool than you do. Um, I think that this trumps all of those, though, because it really it's, it's something about that recorded visual 
um, that changes the dynamic of it and listening to the words in and the way things are talked about for boys, boys toys, which is really weird to say boys toys over and over again in the segment, boys toys. you know, the the way they, they talk about the toys is just so different between the two of them. Like you yeah. said, the glitter and the cute and the baby and the voices and the timber of the voices. I mean, yes. seriously, the way the, you know, the girly sort of like high pitched, annoying voices in the girls ads. And then, the you know, the action and through the, the action. Yeah. Shoot, knock down the coastal wall. Whoa. Exactly. You know, all the, yeah, rah, rah, you know, feeling you get from the boys ads. It just... Yeah, I like the, um, I did a mashup of the um, the Lego castle mm-hmm. and the Polly Pocket Jumbo Jet. <laughs> and the Polly Pocket Jumbo Jet is also a runway model show. It has a runway on it. Mm-hmm. And if you mash these up, at the same time in the Lego castle, they're talking about uh, fighting skeletons. The runway models are going down the runway in the <laughs> girls' commercial. Which I thought was absolutely oh, hilarious. Oh, that's awesome. That's just awesome. And then, um, of course, our beloved Barbie loves glitter. I hooked yeah. that up with the uh, Tonka mod machines. And that's <laughs> that's a, a good contrast. Nice. Look at that one. Try that one. Nice. Nice. But, yeah. Well, it was very powerful. I was glad that Mary Sue found that. Yeah. And I'd love to hear what you guys, if you guys visit the site and tell us what your, what your mashups are and uh, what your favorites are and what your observations come from looking at this, because I really do think it's. (laughs) Well, and you know what my, one of my observations, what the girl commercials Uh were all very um, one person centric, right? There was one central, um, focus, yeah. either one doll or one object or one person where with the boys, it was really wide and spread out. And there was just, it was just, mm. um, had more of a playground feel to it. It was huge yeah. and all over the place. There didn't seem like there were any boundaries. Right. And the, the focus for the girls were narrow, yeah, very tiny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, interesting, interesting. Yeah. And that says something about the social aspects of boys and girls as well. Oh, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Well, thanks, you guys, to Gender Mixer Toy Ads. We really enjoyed that. Yes, absolutely. Well, these are head- this is our first headline show. Let us know what you think. Um, we definitely are not the uh, <laughs> news feed. We're, <laughs> we're not timely. We are pre-recorded, as everybody knows. But we hope that you might have some fun checking some of this stuff out. If you see any headlines, be sure and send them our way. It's, it's definitely uh, fodder for our research. <laughs> Well, this is our wrap segment where we've talked we talk about what we've been watching, reading and playing and we hope that maybe we give you some good ideas and we hope you send you some of you send some of your ideas to us. Uh, Regina, what have you been watching this week? Well, I've been catching up on a show that I know is dear to your heart, bro. Mm-hmm. Um I've I've been watching Sherlock. <gasps> oh my god, where Finally. are you? I'm I've watched two episodes of the second season. Okay. Uh, I watched the first season and I'm in I'm in the second season. Um, so he had and, and now I'm very familiar with um, Jeremy Brett's Sherlock Holmes. 
mm-hmm. um, that BBC did probably in the 80s. Oh, I don't know. I think it was in the 80s. Anyway, I'm very familiar with that. And, and that series holds very true to the original stories. Um, and I've read some of the original stories as well. So I, I have a good working knowledge of the Holmes canon. So when Irene Adler came up, as soon as there was a good looking woman in, in like the beginning of an episode, I'm like, ah, oh, it's the woman. <laughs> <laughs> so that was one of my, uh, one of the most enjoyable episodes of that I've seen so far. I really liked that episode because I really liked the treatment of her character. Um, I'm having a, a little difficulty with the CSI style of the show. Um, because I, I don't really like that kind of like, um, um, some of the dynamic editing that they have and some of the, like the yeah. little montages and some of that I'm, I find tiresome because I think it's, it's become cliched. Um, hmm. so I kind of have a hard time with that on occasion. Um, but, um, Benedict Cumberbatch is Cumberbatch. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's got a really intriguing face. Yes. It really is just a very intriguing face. And I keep looking at him and I'm like, what is so compelling about you? Yeah. You're not exactly attractive. <laughs> oh, don't tell that to teenage girls. No, or to Bonnie Burton or a hundred other people that, you know, absolutely. I mean, I mean, he is attractive, but he's not classically attractive, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I can see why he's attractive or why people are attracted to him, but but he doesn't have a classically attractive face. Like, if you put him up against, like, Brad Pitt or, you know, some other, like, heartthrobs. Like, You're something... not being sexist now, are you? No, I don't think so. <laughs> How is that sexist? <laughs> well, just the, cla- the, cl- the whole classic idea of uh, the blonde, blue-eyed is what defines handsomeness. No, no, I, I, I think he's attractive. Okay. But but I don't, but but not in a not in a traditional way, like not in a classic way, like what he what's usually put forth as like the like heartthrob guy, or you know, yes. who usually ends up being the heartthrob guy, or you know, yes, the blonde uh, blue eyes, exactly that you know mm-hmm. that kind of idea, and I, I think it's great. He actually reminds me, and this is going to be a little embarrassing, and I hope that this person never hears this, but he reminds me a lot of my first boyfriend what my first boyfriend looked like dark curly hair and those like pale skin and the bright blue eyes. That's what my first boyfriend looked like. Yeah. So I can definitely see, you know, the attraction. It's just, it's just so striking to me every now and then to know that he's got like this huge following and all these like little girls and women, you know, panting after him and to think that he is, he, he steps out of that mold so much. I think it's great. Glad. Well, I think it's because it's not just his looks. Mm Mm-hmm. There's so much going on with this character. Mm-hmm. There's so much unknown. There's um, a, obviously a background and a past. Mm-hmm. And there's conflict and uh, struggle. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a well-developed character. I think that's yeah. a reason it's appealing. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's one of the reasons why the show is so compelling as well. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting. And I'll, I'll contrast that with another show that I'm watching that is in its ninth season. And um, and I still can't quite believe it's in its nice ninth season. And today I was watching an episode earlier this morning and I realized it was episode 20 of the ninth season. And I could not tell you what a single other episode in the in the series this season has been about. Oh. And it's Bones. And, and I've loved Bones. I love I love, you know, in our last episode, I talked about how Bones and Angela are two of my favorite, you know, female friendships. And I love the characters. And I realized today that I'm only watching that show to catch the character interactions between the characters. 
Like they have nothing to do with the story of the episode anymore because they've become so cliche and they're just doing the same thing over and over and over again now. So, yeah, I'm, I'm surprised the show's run as long as it has. Yeah. Um, I think the network is kind of hanging on to it because of its popularity, but Mm -hmm. I think that that's the mistake they always make. They, uh, by the by the end the, by the time they finally end it their fans are sad yeah yeah and I think we've kind of reached that and I was talking to oh God um, I'm trying to remember the Twitter person I was talking to Anna I was talking to Anna on Twitter about this and she was saying you know I, I make the mistake on a regular basis of watching bones over a meal <laughs> which is just stupid and I should know better nine seasons and I'm still making the same mistake. Like really, that's hilarious. Nine seasons. Okay, I do. I do it all the time, and it's just it's just what happens. And one of the things that she had said was um, uh, that it's really hard to, for her to figure out when to watch it because you don't want to watch it too close to bedtime, and you don't want to watch it over a meal. <laughs> <laughs> so you have to kind of play back and forth with when you're going to watch it. Um, so she said that she thought that they were really kind of upping the gross factor. Yeah, probably to, because it because it's been around for so long. They're really working on it because there were some, you know, that's one of the only things that I can remember for this season. Yeah. There have been some really gross scenes, but I can't tell you a single plot line that's happened for 20 episodes. So, you know, the, um, it's interesting because the Mary Sue mentioned also about that. They were afraid that that was happening with Supernatural. Mm, yes. Yeah, I saw but, that yeah. because they got renewed for another season. Right. And they were just sort of like why and I, I you know even up until I'm not caught up because I've definitely not watched this season mm-hmm. um, I believe I'm behind only one season but I, I still was kind of surprised at how well they were doing mm-hmm. at that point um, so I'm very curious as to see how this season actually went yeah so. yeah it'll be interesting to see how it kind of pans out and yeah I haven't I haven't watched Supernatural. I think I watched the first couple of episodes of the first season. I haven't gotten back to it. So, um, and the other thing that I ju- I finished because I obsessively watched it as soon as it became available on Netflix was um, Mad Men season six. So, uh, the season the this the season st- coming up is going to be the final season. So this was the season leading up to that. And yeah. I find Don Draper a really interesting character. I was I was starting to think about him at the end of this season, like. He's kind of a, a morality tale. <laughs> yeah. I don't watch it. So. Oh, about how people don't change. <laughs> like, fundamentally, people don't really change. So I'll be interested to see what they do for the last season with him because he, he every at the end, end of every season, he gives like this inkling like something different is going to be happening. And then you kind of start up the next season and you're like, oh, we're back here again. At least that's how I felt for season six. I was like, oh, here we go again with him doing kind of the same things over and over again. So, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so what have you been watching? Well, I actually found something um, oddly new yesterday by accident Hmm. Um, on Hulu. They have an original series, um, and I think it's been out a while, actually, called Deadbeat. Mm Mm-hmm. And it just was new and different. It happens to star um, Tyler Labine. Yeah, and I've been hooked on on Tyler since Reaper. That's where I first saw him. Mm-hmm. And then he was in Tucker and Dale. And um, so some of those actors, I, I just tend to follow like that. So when his mm-hmm. face popped up, I was like, oh, what is this? Mm-hmm. And it's an original series just on Hulu. Of course, 
You had to be a Hulu Plus member to see something besides the first two episodes, which is mm-hmm. ridiculous. But um, Tyler plays a guy who can talk. He's a medium. He can talk to ghosts. Hmm. But he's a deadbeat. He has no job. The only person who is his friend is a drug dealer. And pretty much he spends his money on drugs. But he run, he tries to run a business where he will try to exercise ghosts from people's places that are haunted. Mm. But he's such a deadbeat that he doesn't always follow through and most his clients don't pay him. And But he always ends up getting the job done. And they're just really bizarre things that these ghosts want done. And it's just, it's kind of humorous and huh. off the cuff. And Interesting. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Huh. So Check I enjoyed the first two episodes, but, you know, I the TV stuff is getting as bad as the apps and Facebook and everything else. It's like, okay, if you want to watch this, you have to be a member of Hulu Plus. Mm-hmm. If you want to watch ABC, you have to be a member of this. And it's like, you know what? Yeah. I've got Amazon. I've got Netflix. I can't subscribe to everything. Yeah. You you kids need to get along. <laughs> And come up with a system that we can all enjoy. <laughs> well, that's why that's why I have Hulu Plus is is essentially because I don't have any kind of other cable, so that's yeah. the only, that's the only place I have um, like my current TV shows that I watch. I watch all on Hulu Plus. So yeah, except well, the ones that aren't on Hulu Plus, like Big Bang Theory and How I Met Your Mother. Oh my God, we didn't talk about How I Met Your Mother. I haven't finished. Okay, well I'll wait. Because CBS, what is your problem, CBS? We should just call this the soapbox episode. <laughs> I tried to watch this week, um, and the videos would just stop. Really? They would just sit there and just stop. Now, I'm watching oh. on CBS sites. Right, yeah. Yeah, that's where I watched it, too. And it would just sit there. And if I hit refresh and completely restarted the page, it would start the video where I left off, mm-hmm. but it would hang up again. Oh, that's odd. I had no and, trouble watching it. I watched it the night that it came out. Yeah. The night I, that it this aired. This the next day. I've had yeah. trouble with the past two days. It's infuriating. Huh. But I've always had trouble with streaming on CBS. They just still haven't gotten their act together. Huh. Uh, just do it. But Deadbeat, that was that was a surprise. So if anybody out there has got Hulu, um, I would add that to your list. Check it mm. out. Yeah. Um, it's uh, adult. It's got language and and. Um, not for kids situations no it's not mm-hmm. for kids um the other one i picked up because and i mean it's been out a while so i'm always late to the game but um portlandia mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my that's so brilliant you need to come visit Rhonda. <laughs> i'm ready i'm so ready to come now well but, and you i saw on the website that you were watching was it season four or season five of leverage the last season the, yeah so yeah that and that all takes place here. Yeah, <laughs> all in Portland. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah, the, season five of Leverage is very interesting. It is. It, it is. is really so different. It is. Uh, I like there it. are some really really good things about it, and and we just watched an episode tonight, and it's just like, oh, I can't believe you guys did that. Stop it. <laughs> but anyway, a lot of fun TV actually. Yeah, a lot of fun TV. Yeah. So, um, have you been reading anything lately? 
Uh, you know, I haven't had a lot of time to read my, my evenings like I usually do. So I've been doing a lot of blogs, been reading a lot of blogs, trying to keep up with uh, some of our favorites, like the Mary Sue that we talked about today. Yeah. And uh, some of the other, uh, Jezebel and io9 are sort of the ones that I tend to, to gravitate toward. So yeah. I've been doing mostly that and keeping up with kind of some of the new stuff like we covered in the show today. Yeah, that makes sense, though. I go through phases like that, too, where yeah. I read more online or I read more magazines. Mm-hmm. It, they're just phases where I can't focus on a novel. Yeah, and I think that's that's pretty much just where I am right now. I just yeah. am in that like in between. Can't quite get. I can't quite commit myself to another novel, and so I'm just kind of filling in the filling in the cracks with little bits and pieces here and there. So, but, but that's fun. Funny. Yeah, because when you're reading a novel, you're like, man, I wish I could keep up catch up on my news. Right. And, exactly. You know, <laughs> bouncing back and forth. What so. have you been reading? Well, I just finished The Troop by Nick Cutter. It was very interesting. It's very, it's a horror story, um, very much. Have you read him before? No. No, okay. I know that name. I'm not sure where from, but anyway. Well, and it's a uh, pen name. Oh. I discovered. um, If you go out on his his website and check it out, he'll say, yep, it's a pen name. It's not my real name because my real name doesn't sound as cool. (laughs) (laughs) Um, he's really funny actually. So awesome. Um, but the troop is, um, a horror story very much on the line of Stephen King, except for the ending, which is, uh, not very Stephen King at all. And it's part of the reason why I liked it because I could see the influence. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was influence and not copying. It was Mm. just a big difference yeah yeah um i could see the positive influence of stephen king on on the writer and it's it's not for the faint of heart um it's not just it's it's suspenseful but it's extremely gross Hmm. it's very very gruesome and uh but but very interesting it's it's a story you know when you go into a stephen king novel that nothing ends well (laughs) <laughs> nobody is, is nobody does yeah and that's just the way it is so i'm trying to decide what i'm going to pick up next and i'm reading a couple of samples uh one is moon called by patricia briggs and it is a mercy thompson series uh, uh about finished with that little sample of three chapters but i also uh, purchased nocturnal by scott sigler Cool. So we'll see. I'm not sure cool. where I'm going to go. Yeah. But no more gross right now. <laughs> and it's a, um, the, there are women in the story, but they're only mentioned in association. It's about a Boy Scout troop mm. and a camping trip. Mm-hmm. So it's very much a coming of age, um, a, bo- a male-centric type story. But that makes sense. That's They're isolated. They're on an island. And it's right. a Boy Scout troop. There you right. go. Mm. So. Cool. Okay. So, what about playing? Have you been able to play? I have had some time to play recently. Um, I've been playing a game. I think that we both um, backed on Kickstarter. Um, uh, Lynn Hogan's game, Monster Stacker. Yeah, but I when I've never gotten anything. Really, with the the code to get the no. to get the free copy, or I don't. No. Did, I, I'm assuming you backed because I think that was like one of the lowest ones you got the game for. So, yeah, I mean, I wanted the game. Yeah, that's, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I got an email, um, I don't know, about three or four weeks ago, I think, with it. You're kidding. Yeah, because I, t- I talked about it on the episode that um, I did with Mark when you were out. I talked about playing it then, too, so that was 
through two weeks ago, three weeks ago. So, and I had it for at least a week at that point. So, all right, I needed to double check because yeah. I never got a code for it. Yeah, go definitely check and follow up on that because it's okay. really fun. It's really cute. Um, I am horrible at it, and uh-uh. I mean horrible. But I have a blast playing it. But because <laughs> you know, you're supposed to like it's like Tetris. You know, it's. You're supposed to, like, put the boxes together so they're all, like, elegantly put together. Yeah, there's no elegance in mine. They're all, like, <laughs> straight as, you know, skinny as I can get them and as tall as they need to be. And I have a really hard time kind of getting them to go into each other and look all pretty. And so, yeah, there's no there's no elegance whatsoever in my playing of it. Um, but it's fun. <laughs> well, good. I'm, gl- I, I'm really glad to hear then that. Yeah, yeah. Even if I don't get my code, I'm glad that they finished the game and it yep. was funded and that they actually got to, I mean, part of it to me is that these people get to make their dreams come true. Exactly. So. Exactly. Definitely. If I, if I were in it for the, for the stuff, you know, yeah, that was something else entirely, yeah, something entirely different. Yeah. Um, and then I picked up a couple of games at um, cloud cap on uh, international tabletop day this past weekend. Um, I got ticket to ride Europe Ooh, wow. Which is really fun. It's got a couple of new mechanics added to it, so it, it makes it a little bit more complex of a game, uh, which is fun. There are train stations, and there are tunnels you have to go through, so um, mm. you have to have a certain number. You have to have the number to take the tunnel, um, but then you draw the three top cards off the draw pile, and if your color comes up in those, you have to pay another one of your color in order to, to claim the tunnel. Uh-huh. So you have to plan a little bit for that to happen. Um, yeah. Because that's the danger of building the tunnels. Oh, okay. Is, you know, threatening, you know, you, you might have trouble or, you know, disasters or whatnot. So that, so you have to be ready for that. Um, and then I played a completely new game called Anomia. Oh, I've never heard of that. I had never heard of it either. It was the first game I played and it was really funny because I showed up at Cloudcap and I hadn't had any coffee yet and I was really slow. <laughs> to learn this game so essentially it's a card game um, but you don't hold your cards in your hand your your whole hand is played out in front of you um, and you have a card that has a symbol on it and a, a word or phrase um, like uh, an uh, hash mark a hashtag and or a number sign and um, book And then you put that down in front of you and then everybody has a pile that they're keeping in front of them of their cards with their words and symbols. And if you put one down and it matches somebody else's, you have to say what's on their card first, like you're trying to beat them. So if I had book and a red ampersand in front of me um, and somebody else had a red ampersand and um, a palindrome, you'd have to say the palindrome before they say a book. Okay. So you can't, I don't know if I'm really describing this really well. No, I get it. It's easier with the visuals. So basically you're trying to, to come up with what they have in front of them faster than they come up with what you have in front of you. And then there are wild cards that will match two different. um, So there's always a wild card up and there, they match two different symbols against each other. So you have to be watching for those matches and for the matches of, you know, the traditional matches. 
it's really fun. It's really fast. It's really loud. Um, and it's really engaging and it's really hard because you're constantly thinking what's on your card in front of you, yep. but you're not supposed to say that one. <laughs> yep. You're supposed to say what's in front of the other people. So you have to kind of train yourself to be looking at what's in what everybody else has instead of what you have. What was funny about playing it at Cloudcap was I was drinking my coffee as we were playing and you could actually see me get better at the game. <laughs> I couldn't when we first walked in I could not get one to save my life I was just like I was stumped every time I was just like standing there with my mouth open like and then all of a sudden it just like clicked on and I got like 12 in a row like right away <laughs> so. all right people you've heard it yes get her yeah. before the caffeine yeah get it when it wears off yeah <laughs> it's definitely necessary which you know from our our time at PAX East you saw I'm sure you saw <laughs> <laughs> yeah some difference from that. So what have you been playing? Well, I, um, I've been playing Alan Wake and I took a break from it. It, it's kind of nerve wracking. It is. It's a stressful game. Yeah. It's kind of nerve wracking yeah. and I'll just get to a certain point. It's like, I've got, I've got to step back. Yeah. And, um, I was one night I was able to play and I did just really <laughs> didn't want to get stressed out. And I stuck in uh, mass effect one. Oh, Going back. Which I've never played. Oh. And I was very surprised because I thought I had heard that you could not play a female in that one. Oh, that's not true. In the very first. No, mm-hmm. there was the female there was a female option. Huh. Well, that's good. So I'm I guess I I misunderstood that or or whatever. So I got to build my uh, my femme shep, which I was very excited to do. So um Jet is on her way to missions and it's just, it's amazing how familiar the territory is in one Mm -hmm. compared to three. I played all the way through three and that gives me a warm fuzzy Mm -hmm. about the way the developers approach the game. So just gotten started with it. Awesome. Very excited. Very nice. Yes. Well, that's how we've been wrapping this week. Be sure and let us know know what you've been watching, reading, and playing, and whether or not you've got any new games or books. We love your suggestions. Send them our way. You've been listening to Game on Girl. You can find all our social media connections on our website, gameongirl.com. I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. You can follow me on Twitter at Row Room, that's R-H-O-R-H-O-O-M, or email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or as I'm known on Twitter and Steam and many, many other social games on my phone, DocLiz with two Zs. Uh, thanks to Rhonda for um, putting the topics together for today's discussion. Uh, if you're not following her Tumblr, you should be, because, of course, she's fantastic and the stuff she posts is great, because we just did a whole show about it. <laughs> I, I love, I'm enjoying Tumblr and Instagram. I awesome. just... I just joined those recently, but I love dumping stuff out there. Yeah, yeah. I think that's it's a great apparently the the Tumblr apparently the Tumblr. Oh listen to me. I'm becoming my mother. <laughs> <laughs> apparently Tumblr is really popular with um younger groups as well. Like that's like oh, the really? teenage that's like the place to hang out if you're a teenager now. Like oh, maybe I should take my picture down. <laughs> Facebook is for Facebook is for your parents and for all those old people. And uh, Tumblr is 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 where where the kids hang. Oh, I hate Facebook. Uh, yeah, you and me both. Let's not even get started on that one. <laughs> well, on Tumblr, I am Tronda. That's T dash R O N D A. Tronda. Tronda. Very cool. So make sure to go follow her on on uh, Tumblr. 
Game On Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, GameOnGirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media, and the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, game on! Thank you.